Calling all nerds. This is More Than Dice, the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of everything nerdy. Whether you're a nerd culture connoisseur, a tabletop titan, a miniature gaming marveler, or just someone who proudly embraces their inner geek, this is the podcast for you. And now here's your hosts, Gonzo, John, and Nerd. Oh, and uh, sometimes Mizzy. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And she's got her muted. And she's muted. I'm nerd. <laughs> I thought I pushed the button. <laughs> Welcome to 290. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, creating memorable NPCs and creating uh, memorable PCs. Uh, because you can also make a character no matter what and have a min-max, but if they got no personality, they shit. Yeah. <laughs> so well, let's get to the business before we do anything else we want to thank creature caster for sponsoring the podcast make sure you check out their uh my mini factory page where you can get your tribe and you can get 10 roughly miniatures and a fifth edition modules and uh also start playing judgment and buy some cool miniatures uh, i want to thank parabellum war games for uh giving us a uh, good discount code. So if you're looking in to get into Conquest or any of that, um, make sure you uh, go and check them out and use the code More Than Dice. We want to thank Turbo Dork for sponsoring the channel. Um, recently, um, Nerd received uh, her sponsorship package and has the new bottles in hand, and uh, she will be talking about them probably tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, and uh, showing them off and testing it out and getting some stuff done. Oh, yeah, because I'm definitely going to be using some of that green on the uh, the taco truck. Yeah. We want to thank Muse <laughs> on Minis also for sponsoring the channel, helping us get uh, the message out to everybody. Um, and if you haven't seen it, we have added another podcast under the More Than Dice Network, uh, Build, Paint, Play, uh, which is a podcast hosted by Jake and our illustrious Dave Taylor. Um, they're kind of a variety show. They do uh, some discuss about War Machine, or not War Machine, uh, 40K and some GW stuff. And um, they both will be at Adepticon if you're going. I know I talked to Dave. He's going to be sitting at the Game MB booth trying to get rid of and sell uh, the art of books. Um, okay. And then I'm sure Jake... Which are good books. I own several Correct. of them. Yeah. They're great artist books. And then uh, I think Jake is probably going to be with the with uh, doing demos of a game or something. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to be, but he'll be around there. Um, we want to thank Midnight Heroes, makers of Chibi Miniatures. Uh, they got a new Kickstarter coming up pretty soon. Be on the look for it. And this Kickstarter is all about pirates. Yar. Yar. Pirates. Uh, and like I believe one of the things if they get high enough is you could get. Uh, you could get um, the special edition Warfare Weekend uh, print. Uh, oh, cool. Print of the Warfare Weekend pirate. So Nice. I have to wait and see. <laughs> Got to get it up there. He uh, messaged me and asked about it, and I said, do this. And he was like, okay. 
So, <laughs> other than that, um, are there any shoutouts this week? Not that I was aware of. Uh, I noted one today of um, a actor who's in stuff I hadn't seen past um, from ALS. He's been in like Star Trek Discovery and Roswell and a couple other nerd things. Uh, I unfortunately okay. do not remember his name. I'm sorry. Again, it just sort of passed through me on uh, on Kickstarter mm. um, today. Or not on Twitter and all today, and I didn't note. I noted what he was in, but I hadn't noted the name that well. Sorry, that's something I want to say. I don't know. I don't know of anything else that was happening. Kenneth uh, Mitchell. Kenneth Mitchell. He was a couple months younger than me, and he passed from ALS. He's been, uh, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, just about my age. He was born in '74, just like I was. Um, yeah, I've been in a bunch of nerd stuff, and I mean, I hate to see anyone pass from anything, and ALS is a motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess we can go to the, the important part of the podcast that everybody looks forward to and is like the highlight of everything. What are we drinking tonight, John? Uh, well, I have a bottle of apple soju from the liquor Ooh. store. And then if I run out of that and need some more, I have some Dr. McGillicuddy's root beer liqueur, which I've Man, already been really, drinking. Really, really, really picky on the root beer. Either they go really, really hard, or it's like, has it got root beer in it? This is yeah. sort of in the middle. It is it is very root beery, but you can you're not gonna mistake it for regular root beer. It's got just <laughs> enough of a of a hit that you'd be like, Yep, this is this is hard root beer. Uh, nerd, what are you drinking? Water. Good old Agua. Water. Agua. I am hydrating because I got D&D after this tonight. <laughs> I got to talk a lot tonight. <laughs> I mean, alcohol makes that better. I mean, doesn't it? Oh, wait, no, only ranting. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> that, that's, that's on me. That's on me. Causing problems. <laughs> I don't cause problems. I just rant. Uh, I am doing also the H2O. Um, I have been doing really good on my uh, eating and drinking and make sure I'm really hydrated. I actually tried uh, something today. We're going to take a quick tangent. Uh, I tried uh, cauliflower crusted pizza today. Oh, how uh, is that? I've, I've had it before. This cauliflower was made with the, the crust was cauliflower. The top of it was just a cheese pizza. Uh, I didn't even notice a damn difference. Not a single difference. I thought it was interesting the way you cooked it in uh, the oven is you put it just on the metal rack. You don't put it on a yeah. plant pan or you know a baking sheet. Most most like frozen pizzas have those instructions as well. Yeah, I, I was I was stone. really impressed. I mean, I couldn't tell there was. Any, it was kind of like a thin crust pizza. So um, God was going to make me buy some to see if I can tell being the, the bread connoisseur that I am. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't like, it, it reminded me of like a thin crust pizza. It didn't taste bad. Didn't have a weird aftertaste either. Uh, the cheese and, you know, the, the sauce and everything was really good. I was really impressed with it. So, but really? I've been eating, you know, pretty dang healthy. So I'm just kind of keeping that health kick going. 
Uh, I mean, just like I, I hate cucumbers and I try to cucumber hum, uh, hummus and. How do you hate cucumbers? It's 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 just weird. I like them oh cooked. I fucking love raw. cucumbers. Cooked cucumbers? Could, yeah. What do you cook cucumbers in? You just you just saute them up or whatever. Put a little bit of uh, uh, olive oil and brown them up a little bit. I do that so, with zucchini. I do it with cucumbers also. I agree with the doing it with zucchini, not with cucumbers. That's a zucchini sport. Zucchini terrible raw, great cooked. Cucumbers Even great raw. Pickled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cucumbers are great pickled too? Question mark. No, 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 I was referring to the the cucumbers. Even better pickled. Yes, yes, Not... yes. absolutely. <laughs> I love pickles. It, yeah. it, I have to have them in very small chunks. So when I cut up oh, cucumber, and I have to eat them, you know, raw. They're also, like really, really tiny chunks. If you're trying not to eat the the bread and all that, I think I saw something recently that is right up your alley as far as uh, um food because the cheesa that kfc just dropped is a fucking chicken patty with fucking pizza on top of it basically <laughs> no le- le- you did you thought they couldn't beat the double down oh no oh no kfc's fucking ready for you they got the fucking cheesa ready and i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna have to fucking try some because that sounds great i I'll actually try one. tried some fast food this week and yeah it was gross my stomach was like, this is not good for you, dude. And it did I mean, not settle well with me this week. Aside from the grease in it, honestly, it's the only thing that set you off, I th- really. I think, it was, I think it was also the salt intake, because I'm watching all my salt. It was probably just too much salt intake. Oh, uh, if you're extra watch, watch the salt, yeah, that could do it, too. Because, I mean, they got to preserve this and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of that extra. There, it was weird, like, is I know we're going off a weird tangent of food, but all that extra stuff is put it, that's put in there, when you start making things that don't have it in there, you notice it. And well, your stomach and your body notices it, too. It's funny because a lot of the stuff doesn't have that much salt anymore because of they make the stuff reasonably fresh nowadays at fast food places. Yeah. And if you're watching your salt intake, remember, don't reduce salt in your baking stuff unless you have something else to like. Plate. Yeah. Take it off the table, the dinner table, or wherever you eat. If you take it off, you won't use as much because you'll like taste it like, nah, it's fine. Rather than just going, I'm going to salt everything. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, it was, it was, it was interesting to go and eat fast food that I haven't in a while. And I was like, "Mm, my stomach doesn't agree with this that much. (laughs) Yeah. Eat more Taco Bell. Taco Bell's the king of fast food. Oh. That, yeah. It's actually true. It's as stupid as it sounds. Yeah, no, it's it's probably the healthiest. I mean, it's not like healthy, but yeah, it's the healthiest pretty it, much. It, yeah, in terms in terms of like the kind of calories that you get from it, because especially because they put like you get the ones with the lettuce and tomato, you can have them leave the the sour cream or the cheese off, like if you yeah, want I'm, I'm... the healthier options and stuff like that. But like they have because they use a lot of fresher ingredients. Yeah, I mean. You, you you can only preserve lettuce so much, so it's yeah. pretty fresh. They can't do much to it. Yeah. Same with the tomatoes. So, yeah, yeah there's our fast food food tangent. <laughs> but I had already cooked this, up some this, pork chops today, so. This, Calif- this cauliflower I had crusted about. pizza was actually really good. <laughs> I, I was really impressed with it, and I was like, I could eat that again type thing. Yeah. 
if it's a pre-made one, send me the the linky and I will I, I will try it out. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll see if I can find it. Uh, I think we have one more. You probably eat what the interesting part was, even though it was the same crust. Oh, I ate make fun half, of me here. Half of the pizza, and I was like, I think I could probably eat that whole pizza because it was one I mean, it was very tasty and one it was very. Shock! Fun. A big guy could eat a whole thin crust <laughs> pizza. Oh my God, John I doesn't do that on a monthly my basis. Nose party pizzas like a taco yeah. and eat it. Yeah, it was it wasn't a very big one too, but I was after I, eating like half of it, I was like, I could probably eat this whole pizza. I only order medium Domino's thin crust pizzas because I will fucking eat the entire thing. Yeah, it, it just may happen. So why have a large? Because then I might try to eat the large, and that would be worse for me. Correct. And I think this was I think this was like a medium size pizza. And I almost ordered pizza today. I really wanted pizza, but <laughs> I didn't want to pay night. for delivery. Oh, mine was not much. even remotely healthy. We had pepperoni with Italian sausage stuffed crust from Pizza Hut. Like, it wasn't even remotely healthy. <laughs> yeah, but you can do that once in a while. It sounds great. Yeah, no, like, I can't even remember the last time we ordered pizza. We used to order for lunch. We'd get the personal pizzas that were very reasonably priced and very tasty. But that place doesn't make personal pizzas anymore, so sad, John. It's sad. Yeah. And the thing so is, I'm going to have a cup of noodles. It's got to be really good good tasting even if it's healthy and it doesn't taste good i will spit that shit out and go find something else that's like um, a big thing my big thing is it doesn't taste bad i can eat all the meh stuff in the world it'll make a fucking turd i don't yeah. really care yeah just once in a while you're gonna want that good stuff and uh as a psychological and maybe uh emotional health thing if the only joy in your life is eating good tasting food. Fucking change something in your life. I'm sorry. Find some way to change it. I find that sometimes I'm like, I got to change something because I'm super upset I can't get breakfast because that's the highlight of my fucking day. More healthy than Little Sleezers? Yeah, most things are, but. Yeah. But Little Sleezers is pretty cheap and pretty good for its price. I don't Anyways. even know that we have a Little Caesars up here. I think it's closed. There's one right next to our uh, little grocery store. I was going to the grocery store buy a. a pizza and throw it in the oven i can wait 20 minutes been yeah. hungry before i'll be hungry again go in order your pizza go do your groceries and then come back out pick up your pizza and go i've done that too but i usually just buy a like five dollar throw it in the oven when i get home pizza and... oh yeah but anyways uh cheers let's get, let's get that cheers, cheers guys we want to thank you for being here always always <laughs> As I stop everybody before they take a drink, because I'm a nerd, and it's like, fuck you, I'm going to drink anyway. It's water, it's okay. <laughs> um, guys, we need to make sure that we're looking out for each other out there. There's been some pretty shitty news happening to people that are um, in, in the in, in the media, and uh, it's some pretty depressing stuff. Um, please make sure you look after each other. Please make sure that you're checking in on each other. If you see something, say something. If you can do something, do something. If you hear something, say something. Uh, and if you can't, find somebody that will, because there's always one somebody willing to step up and uh, make a change on this. Cheers. 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 John said cheers early, and I got confused. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. All right, so our topic of conversation, as I get the camera ready and everything, is creating memorable NPCs and creating memorable PCs. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you're a number cruncher and you just want to min-max everything, you can go right ahead. Nobody can mm. tell you how to play your game. 
type sure. But let's also maintain that you can be a min-maxed, very well role-played character. Correct. As much as you could be a non-min-maxed, shittily role-played character. Correct. They're two separate, mutually exclusive parts of the spectrum, so to speak. Correct. But what we're, you know, one of the things that we were talking about is, hey, all I want to do is roll a dice and, you know, hit things really, really hard. Okay, that's fine. You do you. I like to create characters that have at least some type of, you know, personality, a shtick, you know. Well, it's sort of what we always liked about the old um, the Champions Hero system is because your character in building it, part of what you have to do is actually pick your flaws, your 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 disadvantages. And I always looked at them less as disadvantages and more as creating the character, you know, giving yourself some personality and all. Yeah, kind of, kind um, of fleshing yourself out because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. Even, you know, Dritz, uh, you know, the great Dritz was never perfect, you know, and there was always some flaws or something that was going to be, you know, part of that character. So it's funny you mentioned that just because uh, over there on my reading table is um, the Crystal Shard, which I am about two thirds through which is the first appearance of Tritz. And I don't know if he develops in a much more character than he starts with. Unfortunately, it's not the kind of character I like, but, um, but no, it's this thing. Like Tritz is actually a perfect example of a good character creation. It's not that he's not necessarily perfect. He is pretty perfect in most things. His character flaws are the honorable kind, the, the understandable kind, but more importantly is that he is, unique playing the, the first drow pc if you will you know he's he's bucking his his racist stereotype to go and play on the surface and help people and uh you know he, he's memorable and that's he is actually the perfect example of like oh i don't want to make dreads actually i do want people to make dreads maybe not exactly but you want to i want them to follow that sort of template of making them unique you know and you don't have to go that far he is iconic let's say mm-hmm. um your little blow frame gonzo oh, okay Hold on. just a little um but yeah so he, he he's iconic and we you want you to sort of follow that basic template but you don't have to go as extreme as he did you know he is very much different very much unique and you don't necessarily need to be that unique but you should have something about you that's unique yeah like don't be afraid to like mix up like ideas of characters that you love from media steal 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 yeah like i can there's also a couple like if you're having trouble coming up with the backstory for your character or something like that there is a couple of great uh references that you can access outside of D&D Beyond without having to buy the books on the lovely site called 5e tools um there are two there's a section in Xanathar's called this is your life where you can like create what your life has been up to the point of becoming an adventurer. Um, and then the heroic chronicle section of Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, 
both are absolutely fantastic. It, there are role tables that you can use to create different NPCs that are tied to your character, family members, uh, criminal contacts, like depending on your background and all of that. So I mentioned this way back when we were doing uh, Mekton uh, Zeta for a little bit, is that the the PCs really got a kick out of the life path thing they had in there, where you sort of roll out what happened in your life before then. Don't hesitate yeah. to steal that from another game. Like, yeah. even if it's not using it all the way, look at plate, like, you can probably find it free or parts of it free, if not, you might find it in the used copy cheap, didn't run forever. The Plate-In Fantasy role-playing game, if you're playing D&D, fucking find a copy, steal some of the stuff in there they have like basic personality traits and some of that stuff in the basic book so mm -hmm. if you it's it's made for people who are like oh you don't know what your character's gonna be here's a fucking table to roll on yeah talk so, to your dm yeah maybe they have an idea just just come up with something like brainstorm with your dm one time jump on discord or facebook messenger or however you guys communicate you're not in the same room and just talk about hey i want to do something cool with my character maybe the dm's got an idea maybe yeah. suddenly you're going to become you know, different than you want because he's got an idea, you know? That's how the PC's turn trader stuff comes about, usually, because the guy's talking with the DM is like, hey, you know, I want to do something different. And the DM's like, how about this? You know? You... I, my favorite character that I ever created, like, I was I was going into uh, Descent to Avernus, and I'm like, I'm going to play a furball druid because that sounds like fun to me. And I'm like, I wanted to play kind of a goofy, dopey character. And then my DM turns around and goes, if you play a goblin, I'll give you a bottomless bag of glitter they think is plague powder. And I'm like, done. <laughs> and it was pro it, that, is, that is the origin of, of nerd becoming a goblin. Like, <laughs> and it just snowballed from there. I didn't really have a backstory other than her being an urchin from Baldur's Gate. You, we, they literally found her in a pile of trash. <laughs> I mean, that's what it. That, that's great. That's where it starts, and yeah, you have to communicate with your people, with your GM, to know that. Um, mm -hmm. Mizzy says, "I want to roll dice and hit things, but I want to do something with a little spice, like cooking. I want to listen to what the vibes lead me to." Absolutely, and yeah. you don't always have to be more than that. And in fact, I've played uh, one of the last campaigns I played in was um, the Malfoy role playing game through the breach, hmm. and we had eight players, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah, mostly because we couldn't tell anyone no. So. Rather than trying to be the main character, I, I would just sit there, be ready. Had, had a very, you know, I was a tough guy. I played a very standard archetype. But if you play a very standard archetype very well, people will still remember you for being like, oh, he was the tough guy. Mm -hmm. Just play it well, like, be consistent. Consistency yeah. is the biggest thing. Yeah, I have a player who literally is starting with what he calls a blank slate. He had made a human fighter and wants to see where he ends up by the time he reaches level 20 at the end of this campaign. Yeah, I mean, you could, I've, I've played... Like I've made... What can happen to him? What what will create him when he's starting with such a basic concept? I mean, and honestly, human fighters are great for that. Like, mm -hmm. guard, whatever, turn adventurer, sure. You only have to pull the basic backstory in. People think you have to have, like, 12 pages of backstory. You don't. No, you can I'm have one of those DMs where sentences. I won't read more than I won't read more than a page. I'll read everything you send me, but well, I um, won't read it. But I'm like, I can only process so much. <laughs> I require a sentence or two backstory. Yeah, I ask for like a paragraph or two, if they can. Like, 
tell tell me like why you're here and like what you well, I, did before you became an adventurer exactly or why are you an adventurer i don't, I don't know what you did before just tell me yeah. why you're doing what you do that's all i need to know yep um yeah and, of, and and go ahead sorry. oh uh, a question that i was recently given to give to my players is what is a lie your character tells themselves oh that's that's a deep one but good we used to have a yeah. packet i gave out where shadow run where it was like a packet for it was kind of for new players for everyone where it was a list of Shadowrun slang, some useful resources, and then like a two-page simple questionnaire that they'd like just tear it off the, the sheet and give those back to me and, I'll, you know, whatever. And just so they can see, like, some ideas, but you don't have to fill them all out, but the more you gave me, the more XP I gave you to start and, you know, more idea I'd have to make it more personal. I'm sure you can play Shadowrun purely episodic. You don't need to know who the people are so much or just you know, mercenaries doing your job, but the more you give me, the more it becomes a personal story, and that just makes it better. Yeah, it becomes more collaborative. Mm -hmm. And that's what it should be. Uh, Xenovoid says, as part of a homebrew game where you never chose your race, it was rolled, and I got Clay Gom being my first character is Curious of Life, and a few sessions later for reincarnated as a halfling, and a greedy motherfucker with a business sense like no other. And then build a magic empire and cutthroat dealings so later worked on becoming a better person. That's great. I mean, that's the sort of idea. Sir like honestly, <laughs> I never defenestrated anyone. I adulpated somebody. You whatted somebody? Adulpated. What does that mean? Hit them so hard they couldn't think straight. Basically, that's great. I it like one, that word. That was that's one of the criticals word. in in there was like the first time I punched him was supposed to be like a bad guy bully. He was supposed to be like a recurring guy, and my first hit was like amazing, and I just like adulpated. Like, yep, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, I had a character who, uh, I uh, one of my other favorite characters that I played, um, the concept, we took a con, borrowed a concept from uh, Legion, the show Legion, okay. uh, Marvel, um, the, the carries, the idea of two characters possessing, like, like, each party being like two parts of a two halves of a whole like a connected soul yeah a connected soul and we literally found out that i like my character had half of another character's soul inside of them when i was created hmm. and like we just started but with this basic concept of like the two halves of a whole one like two halves of a soul and and I didn't even, like, have a last name. I ended up earning a last name through the campaign and, or given, given a, a an honorary last I'm gonna name. I'm going to make a joke here. You sound like Rey from the Star Wars sequels. She's got no last name. She's half of a soul with the duodem with her and fucking uh, Ben oh, Solo. shit, I didn't even think about that. It's great, isn't it? People make fun of stuff like, when you look at it, two. yeah, it's great. That's yes, awesome. Stop collaborating. Listen. Thank you, Mizzy. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like things like that happen. Steal from media. Like, yeah. that may have been a completely different idea. In fact, I would assume it was a completely, you know, benign, separately thought of idea, but it's mirrors something else that happened. Yeah. But that's the great. That's why you steal because no one's going to fucking know until someone's like, holy shit, it's this thing. And then it's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think of that until now yeah i was looking at it because my character was basically uh i was playing a kalishtar which was similar to like a star trek trill 
where instead okay. of a symbiote, we just have like a part of a soul. And that uh, is exactly a fantasy Star Trek trail. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, so I was playing a teenager and they're playing like a 300 year old un- uh, reborn dwarf. And we both, like, I had half of his soul. So I had his memories from before he died. He only had his memories after he was reborn. Yeah, so that's the thing also. When you get that, if you get two people who are good at playing off each other, you can do Mm -hmm. something like that. Or myself and my buddy Norrin played uh, brothers who are both various flavors of bards back in 2E. And... The GM was like, it's so hard to fucking work with you guys because you guys riff off each other so fucking well. You know, so it that's going to be super fun. And the other players remember it, too, because it's fun for them, too. Yeah. Because the hardest thing about player character creation is remembering you cannot be the main character all the time. Yes. You kind of have to let other people be the main character from time to time. So you don't want to make the all-encompassing story. You want to be part of the story. Um, and kind of NPCs are the same way to segue a little bit into that is um, NPCs. You want to create something in broad strokes, like, uh, you know, having a big personality, the PC PCs, you don't have to be as big about it because you have time NPCs. You got to be big or noticeable personality quirks immediately so that they're, you know, recognizable. It's got to be something duplicatable, you know, mm-hmm. and, you can't completely steal the show. You just have to be very much noticeable when it's your time to, when it's that character's time to shine. Yeah. Like, and that's where table etiquette comes in too a bit where you don't want to negate anything else. Somebody is doing, you want to use that. Yes. And yes. And yep. Yep. Yes. And mentality. And I, this was the discussion I just had with my players this week. And like, Be there for each other. Do not be afraid to talk to each other outside of game. I created exclusive RP. uh, Like if you. This is if you have the time to do this. Like let your players talk to each other. While other things are going on. I created text channels for that. Mm -hmm. On discord. So that they can like whisper to each other. Or we use the roll 20 chat. For like (laughs) while a scene is going on. They can put like they're doing this or I'm doing this uh, so that they're not interrupting the dialogue that's currently happening. I've had PCs leave the room to chat with each other when something's going on they don't know about mm-hmm. and they want to discuss stuff. I don't need to know what they're discussing. Sometimes me being surprised is just as good. Yeah. Not like I have, uh, you want to my... make sure the GM's good with that. Cause sometimes the GM wants to know what you're going on so they can play off of it. Yes. Like I can read everything that they type to each other. And so can my co-DM. So that, like, if they're not able to be there uh, for the session, I can, like, they'll be able to see it after. Mm -hmm. And we can take that into account for notes. Because people will also, they also have, like, a note section. Like, if, if your player comes to you with an idea, and there's a way that you can make it work with the story, like, if you're doing a homebrew, do it. Like, I'm trying to create basically fantasy Batgirl in one of the campaigns that I'm going to be in, but I'm just an NPC. Like, we're, uh, we're doing one shots to create NPCs the Falcomist? in the world. Hmm? 
think Thief Alchemist seems like that would work type of thing. Uh, because, depending on how gadgety you go. Went Bloomstalker Ranger. Okay. So I, so I basically more ass kicky. <laughs> yeah, more more ass kicky and trying to prove that she's just as capable as her father. That's bad and it's great. But that's yeah. the kind of broad strokes you need for an NPC. You want them to be noticeable. You want them to be able to come in, do what they have to do, not necessarily overshadow the PCs, but help the PCs, and then fade off in the background. Yeah. Like, my DM is running a series of one-shots where... So, there's a Eastern... There's a eastern region and a western region and i'm going to be in the eastern campaign for the one shots i am playing an npc from the west so we're each the the opposite parties are creating npcs for each other that will be that, recurring in the world that's another thought, good trick i thought that was a great idea yeah get, so getting way, your your pcs to make npcs once in a while mm-hmm we had one uh, game where I made the all my PCs make up the previous generation of heroes. All they had was a name. And I had them make up the previous heroes and let them go wild a bit. They didn't realize they were making it up because basically that version of Amazo, who had all of their powers, was going to kick their asses. <laughs> <laughs> and like, some are like, oh shit, I fucked this guy. And then Jason, who probably fucked him more than anyone's like, this is great. Well, yeah, that kind of stuff is great because they have ideas, you know, let them like when I have our PCs, we do our session zero. They give me some sentences about themselves. They'll talk about an enemy and a few lines about that. And then they'll talk about an ally they have and a few lines about that. Yeah. That way you've got not only do you have some extra background, you've got a whole bunch of stuff to work with. And keep track of what everyone says. People will comment while it's going. There's ideas flowing. Just, just soak them up. The one thing I liked about recording stuff when we were recording Sewer Bears, I got so many ideas from what they were talking about. And, just, and they're right there recorded. I can go back and visit them whenever. Yeah. If you're if you're having trouble creating NPCs, creatures, or, or, or things in your campaign, don't be afraid to go to your friends that don't even play D&D or mm -hmm. maybe some that do other DMs. Just be like people that aren't in your campaign and be like, like I had not, I had an idea for an elder God made of cheese. And I'm like, what do I call it? Jesus. Uh, no, the warlock decided to call himself Jesus. The warlock of said uh, elder God. No, he was Kurt. Probably more apropos. You know, it's probably much more apropos. Yeah, it was Curd Thulu, and I was I was like I I was trying to come up with NPCs. I'm like I'm going to have a cult of rat folk. What would they worship? An elder god made of cheese, <laughs> and thus Curd Thulu was born. And then our warlock, or then our fighter, who so happened to be the one that got kidnapped in an, in a particular session. I'm like, guess what? You're taking a level in Warlock next level. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got you got brainwashed and you're now the Warlock of an Elder God. So you have these powers, <laughs> but you don't know where they came from because they modified your memory. I mean, does, uh, does Kurt Dulu look out for the ancient god of Putin who might devour him? No, but he did bring he did bring uh he did create um 
little curdlings, little curdling cheese elementals. Cheese elementals. Yeah. Uh, tasty, tasty fight. Yes. Oh, it was, it was fun. <laughs> but that's kind of silly. You can go through and all that. Ask your players to make great ideas. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Like um, if. And like she said, the other players, DMs, like I, when I was making a certain my sci-fi campaign that we never really did much with, but it's still there. I asked one of my old players for ideas about races and all because you get stuck in a rut sometimes. The same old, same old. And you don't want to necessarily have the same old, same old. Yeah. They might have uh, fresh ideas. A lot of You'd be surprised. A lot of players have great ideas and would probably make great D- GMs, but they are fucking scared. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Another, another uh, if you're getting stuck on trying to create a character for something, say... There's a say, say you just don't know where to go. You don't know where to start to make the character that you want to play or don't have an idea for the character you want to play it. There is a YouTuber named Tulak the Barbarian. And what he does is he takes characters from media, mostly like anime, movies, cartoons, and creates them in D&D and gives them a complete build out to level 20. So you can make them whatever level and you've got the plan for how you want to then continue to build your character as you go, should you choose to do that. So I, I think that that's also kind of fun if if you want to try something different. Like if you want to play John Constantine, they've got a build out for John Constantine. They They've got... Steven Universe, they've got characters from anime, like, a little bit of everything. There's probably someone who's done that for every game system. Yeah. I know for Champions, my buddy Mike Serbrook, who's now a publisher himself, used to do that, and they do it for the new games that they're doing. Um, My brain doesn't remember the name of the game right now because I've been drinking, but it's okay. Uh, Prowlers and Paragons, that's the one. But yeah, so you can probably find someone for that game who will do whatever, or just find someone who's good in that game. Like, hey, I need this particular thing made. Can you help me? Just give me some ideas where to go. And also, some games, you can just fucking hand wave it. Like, there's a there's an old uh, old adage, if you give it stats, your PCs will find a way to kill it. Yeah. If you don't need that, don't, don't give them stats. Just die roll and go, yeah, that's good enough. I rolled twelve. That's good enough to hit. This is a this is a badass. Twelve for the I, PC. Yeah. Uh, God, now I just forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry. <laughs> I feel that in my oh my... another fun way to create characters. Like again, if you don't have a concept, start looking at character art. If something jumps out at you, deviant art. It, it starts to yeah, deviant art, Pinterest, like any of uh, it, art station. Just, yeah, start looking at character art. If there's one that grabs your attention and starts giving you ideas, go with it. If your DM's okay with it and it works with the campaign, do it. I have gigabytes of, of pictures because they, like, this would give me an idea someday. Yeah, I'd be Will like, they? I, this may not work for the character that I have right now, but this could be a cool NPC yeah. down the road. Like, this is a like, good I started. I started taking celebrities. I just literally started mentally casting npcs in my world mm-hmm. because then that also gives me a personality and uh uh and like a look an to describe yeah like if you describe. say oh this person looks like so and so they have an idea yeah 
Like know? I made I made the away team, which was Uhura, uh, Sulu, McCoy, and Kirk, and my players immediately recognized them. Now I didn't have to develop like those characters beyond that. I didn't even like give I didn't even have to give them names. I just called them the away team and the pay, and the character and my players knew exactly what was going on. Yep, that that's a great shorthand using all the stuff in media to sort of get uh an idea across quicker yeah that's where stealing comes in i mean just steal an idea hey it looks like this you know oh this is sort of like you know captain america but this okay cool you know yeah there's a reason all that media is out there we can use them for whatever it takes mm-hmm. and if not just even slight affectations of how you speak as them if you speak as them i don't know everyone does and that's fine um or just descriptions of how they are Little things go a long way. Doing this the littlest, shittiest accent. Can you do Inigo Montoya? You if kill so, my father, prepare to die. Then you can then you can do a character <laughs> like that. Like one of the most recognizable characters I did was uh we called him originally he was called Bat Kid because he was one of the PCs guy in the chair. And he, you know, when the PC left, he stayed around helping them. But he used uh, he used a Batman synthesizer because he had to disguise his voice. So he used like the shitty Batman synthesizer thing. Like, guy, you have to change that out. So then he became Bane Kid because I changed to Bane. You know, he just just changed his voice. It's little stupid yeah. stuff like that makes an NPC. It Probably. makes sense. You got to use a voice synthesizer. He doesn't know it sounds terrible. Yeah, uh, I I gave a character a speech impediment and my players immediately adopt it was it was a kobold bard with a speech impediment named steve um and he, my players immediately adopted him for like three sessions oh yeah i mean kobolds and, and goblins get adopted pretty quick anyways but anyway yeah. <laughs> but yes but no but that little, little things that it just something to stick in their mind like you may not have fleshed out you might have like uh get a three by five card write some notes about what they what they are and the affectation they show yeah, little I, bits of consistency. They may not notice them, but when they notice one, they're like, "Oh my god, that's consistent." He did that in the other game or in the other other adventure. Oh my god, the other session a year ago, he did the same fucking thing. Yeah, like, little things like that will go a long ways. And that's I put a Zoltar sorry. machine in an episode. Oh no, not not, not Zoltar, Zoltar like that. Not, Z- oh, not Zoltar. Zoltar. Okay, Zoltar from <laughs> <Hail> Big. <Zoltar. laughs> Zoltar, the fortune telling machine from Big, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yes. sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing decided, my strings. I mean, it was just a war forged in a box, and it was just the upper half. And so they, just, the players, decided that they needed to build him legs, so that he could be a whole war forged. Players be like that. Yeah, and they're Do, just. But they put the him thing. on backwards, and he was running around like a like a like a newborn pony. <laughs> But the other thing, when the players get this weird ass idea in their head, just let them fucking go with it and just yeah. work it into your thing. Like that NPC was going to show up for twelve seconds and not be important anymore. Suddenly, it's the most important thing of the PCs. You better be ready to flesh that motherfucker out. Mm-hmm. If you have trouble coming up with names, keep a list next to you. Yeah. Even Matt naming... Mercer does it. Yeah. That, that's the other thing. Is, your players would... are not going to think less of you for going. His name is Steve. They're not, no. <laughs> or just, they, or, or, All yeah, those like, things that you're self-conscious about, like, oh, God, I don't have this name off the top of my head. They don't fucking care. 
they're not even like most of them in their mind are like, oh god, I'm not even brave enough to fucking do this thing. He's fucking making up names on the fly. Yeah, like the D- the DM's guide, or a lot of the time, whoever's running the game, there are a lot of games and RPGs have charts for NPC creation, just for like a personality quirk and yeah. like a uh, 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 phys- phys- something physical about them, like. Yeah, and don't yeah. hesitate to go like, hold on one second. I wasn't expecting you to go here. Let me uh, figure out. And then you just go. Or mm-hmm. just keep, a, when you get bored, sitting at your computer late at night, make up some NPCs for various things. Okay, next shopkeeper is going to be this. Yeah. You know, that stuff, super, it'll pay dividends because they're going to be shopkeeper. Keep a little list. If you want to just keep a little list on your, your electronic device or a notepad or something of names for the region they're in. Yeah. And you're ready, and they're like, oh, God, he was ready for this shit. Or like, you don't they... need to have a bunch. Have a list of, like, six. Yeah. Are they going to ask for the names of more than six people? A like random commoner it... says he went that way. They're not going to ask that guy's name. What's that commoner's name? He's saying, fuck you. He went that way. It, 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 if need be, just go to your default. All of my NPCs that I don't want to name are named Kevin. <laughs> I don't know why. I just picked that name. Yeah, just have something ready. I mean, yeah, you don't have to be. I mean, especially if they're not gonna be around anymore. You know, it, it doesn't matter. They understand. Think about it like a fuck. If they're going through a video game, half those NPCs don't have names. Villager. It's a villager's name. He doesn't have a name. He's not that important. He's going to get out of that conversation as quick as possible because you're a scary adventurer. I will say though, playing a modern game and set in like Earth is so much easier because I can come up with names on the fly like a champ. Fantasynamegenerator.com is also a thing yes. if you oh guys need names. It, you can pick not it from just any, for NPCs, you can pop world culture building, and, oh, everything yeah. is so you should have that shit bookmarked. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. I used it I used it for creating the names of regions, rivers. Just, because you just need like, to get ideas, and you can change them yeah. to fit, like, oh, everything in this area has this sort of pronunciation, so I'll just change it a bit so it works with that. Yeah, don't be afraid to crowdsource ideas, just like... Yeah. And steal. To... Yeah. Steal, steal, steal. Steal, steal, steal. steal. We're not, we're not going to make our own... Uh, we're not going to make our own setting book or anything like that. And if so, then maybe you can see what you stole and what you didn't. Thank you for following the flying... Hellfish. Hellfish with one L. Very well. Like a cycle. Welcome in. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so just steal what you can. It, it's okay. Like, steal everything. You can lift an NPC whole from like a modern setting and put him in fantasy setting. Just change a couple things. Yeah. It's. You can even. You PCs may be like, wait, all your certain type of guys seem the same. That's fine. That gives them a sense of continuity when they're playing. You know, let's be honest, most of them are not going to make fun of you for that. And in fact, I would say probably almost none of them. No, I have three accents. Jersey trucker, old southern guy, or uh, uh, Scottish dwarf. Like, those are my three accents that I have. I occasionally will throw a couple of other inflections in there, but I have a hard time holding on to them. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's difficult, and I feel a little self-conscious about them sometimes, but... Yeah, I try to do voices when I can. I mean, Inigo Montoya is always on hold. 
yes. You know, a good Spanish, good Spanish one. And like, and you might think, oh, you're stereotyping. Yes, we are. The point of a stereotype is to get an idea across quickly. We're not. Yeah, my French player loves when I do French accents. We're not making <laughs> any sort of social commentary on those people at all. No. We're just making things quick and easy because we we don't have time for all that. We're just trying to get some yeah. ideas across quickly. If you if you decide to, all of a sudden your character sounds like Kermit the Frog, he's Kermit the Frog. If it's if it's a voice that you can, to can do because keep yeah. doing, then go for it. But nobody is like no DM should ever make you do accents. No, and, and as a DM, you should never feel like you have to do accents. Yeah, I mean we all have limitations. We're trying to make the best of what we can do. Yeah, I mean I did every read out loud box as across a strong bad and zero punctuation which was great i don't know if the pcs appreciated it as much but i enjoyed the crap out of it you know you can do little things like that so suddenly you break in that voice they know oh he's doing a read out loud box so this is what we're seeing and everything just doing a, a little voice affectation like that will go a long way and same for the, with a uh with an npc or a pc they're, yeah. they're pretty interchangeable. We talk about them like they're different things. They're kind of the same. Just when you get PC, you've got a lot more necessarily rules and stats made up than you do for an yeah. NPC. So. Um, little voice affectations will go a long way. Kazu, do you have anything to add on the topic? Well, uh, I was going to say, you know, when we were talking about accents and stuff, it doesn't have to always be accents. You know, the people are, it's always quirks. Like, yes, they have like, you know, the way they walk or the clothes they wear or the people they walk with. So if you have like a boss, uh, you know, like a low level, you know, gangster boss and he says his little, you know, entourage of people that can be very unique to add to it. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, you know, I'm playing in the Vampire Masquerade game and one of the uh, sires you know, he's a Malkavian and he's crazy, but he repeats himself constantly. No matter what it is. And he repeats his, you know, his attitude and what he's saying constantly to get that a point across. And that's going to be, you know, something that's done. But um, when you're talking about, you know, an NPC, I, I'm with John. I'm like, or, you know, and, and nerd, Steve. You know, if, if it's something mm -hmm. that's not, I don't need you to pay Steve attention to. They're, you know, they're just going to be Bob type thing um yeah if, if it's somebody that's going to be you know something that's worth a while you're going to have a, a name that's going to stand out not that it has to but you know that's just like, something you're, it, it's if something you can make on. a list of names it'll it'll go a long way to disguising who's super important and who's not correct which yeah. can both be awesome and cause you fucking problems at the same time <laughs> yes um because if they think they're important they might try and interact with them more and be like oh fuck i don't need you to do this yeah, like I, I decided I couldn't come up with an I like. Sometimes you just have those names you throw out at the last second, and you're stealing from something, and then you realize you have to continue to run with it. Yeah, like just go. Like I made an organization called the Foo Fighters, and now they're everywhere. And I started talking about vampires, and they're like, "Oh, is Buffy gonna be there?" I'm like, "She is now." So then you've got a, a setup for your next NPC for the next town or whatever. 
And honestly, nothing disarms a player trying to tell a joke like you fucking taking it and going, yep. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, like, oh, well, I, I guess it's no longer a joke. It's a thing that's happening. Yeah, like uh, our our uh, druid speaking, uh, casting speak with animals on an axolotl that thinks he now thinks he's a god because this superior being was speaking to it when it was just a wee little axolotl. <laughs> but now there's a society of axolotls that worships him like a god. So they keep joking about the return of his axolotl friend. (laughs) And the real sneaky trick is if you're playing in the same world, have old NPCs show back up when it's appropriate. Yeah. We did a whole Champions game where one of the NPCs was Dog. It was a smart dog, couldn't speak, but it was obviously very smart, had powers, and it just showed back up for another campaign. It was actually there from the beginning and became a recurring NPC. That kind of thing happens, you know? I'm going to bring that up in the media section about a media dog? that I watched. Not dog, oh. but a reoccurring mm. NPC that really Everyone has nothing dog. to do with the entire show, but is very popular and very memorable from there on out. So like dog. Sorry, dog was their their favorite NPC. And what's funny is I stole it from, like, someone who made it up based off, uh, like... Uh... Fallout? No, actually, it's pre... Um, I might say pre-Fallout, but pre-Dog Meat, probably. Mm. Um, but it's based off of, like, uh, I want to say, like, Hawaiian or some sort of uh, uh, Pacific uh, mythos, where he's imbued with the energy of, of the various gods. Oh, cool. Sort of like a Shazam, but a dog. Nice! And I stole okay. that, and I'm like, this is great. I am rolling with that. And it became, like, support character. It's great because you don't ever have to speak. And they can speak to the dog. Dog understand, but dog does what dog wants. Besides healing people, dog always heals people. He's good healing licks. He is the goodest boy. He is the goodest boy. And the bravest boy. Yeah. But yeah, so little things like that. Yeah. Like, they, oh, they love that can be seen. Depending on your party, if you introduce a cute, fluffy animal, expect them to adopt it. Mm-hmm. We had uh, we did a D and D game, and the uh, halfling had a riding dog because he couldn't have a horse, so he had a riding dog. And riding dogs are small enough to come in the dungeon with us, so that dog yeah. became adopted. Uh, we named it ER. I'm not going to tell you that it stands for emergency rations, but we never would have eaten it, but. He didn't know. We made that up outside. Like, let's call him ER. Like, I like that ER. What's it stand for? Uh, I don't worry about it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you introduce a pack of animals in general or something like that. And the players are just like, well, they're ours now. We're taking them with us. This one's named this. This one's named that. This one's named that. For the most part, let the PCs go with it. It makes them happy. It's a little bit of downtime. So while they're being silly, you can pay half attention. Tell them like, yeah, yeah, write down all the names for the animals. Cool. And send it to me. And then uh, you can plan based on how they fucked your plans tonight. Because you're not DM right if they haven't fucked your plans. Oh, right. Yeah. Like if Uh, if everything goes according to your plan, your PC needs to freshen shit up a little bit. uh, To quote Mizzy on Tuesday, you gathered us here. You invited this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Oh, God, the Oasis fish. You guys have screwed me so hard. The players decided the one-off creature encounter now needs to be brought back into the middle of a city. And it's a giant oasis. It is Oasis fish that creates, uh, that lives in the desert, creates a pool of water around it of holy water. And they're about to fight some vampires. So they think they're going to go into the wilds and bring this giant fish into the middle of the city to save the city so they can have all this holy water. (laughs) That's an interesting idea. I'm not sure I'd roll with that, but I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. Uh, Yeah, no, that's, that's their plan. We'll see where it goes. Let's see. Like we said, yes, and yep, you can do that. Let's see how this plays out. Yep. You guys are going to have like the nicest lake in the middle of the park in the middle of the city. We're going to have a giant flood of water in the going through everywhere. In the desert. It's a desert city with no running water. <laughs> Gotta have running water now. Yep. That's good. That- very interesting. I, I, I like the thought yeah, of it. Yeah, the Oasis fish things. was something that came off of TikTok. It yeah. was a fish that swam through the sands with a that created a pool of water wherever it went. And I mean, th- This is kind of thing where the PCs had, don't realize, but they've invited the fact that they're going to have to stick around after they're done and fucking solve the problems they've started. Mm-hmm. We've done a couple campaigns. It's super fun. There's a reason why there's a fantasy city out there with that has a... A a gnome and monk tra- gnome uh, out, uh, inventor and monk trained uh, secret police to keep things safe because that happened after we fucking liberated the city. Yeah, the other party is now they uh, they rescued a ship a shipwreck full of mimes, and yeah, no, I put that on them. They rolled for that one because I make them roll for encounters. Uh, <laughs> we just leave them. No, they they brought them they brought them ab- uh, on. Uh, they brought him aboard, and then the monk is like, could I train them to be, like, a legion of monk, of mime, like, ninjas? Right, mime secret police. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And they left them, they left hey, them to guard the ship while they go ashore, so that... On the bright wait. side, they're quiet. Exactly. <laughs> you can forgive a lot if they're quiet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so yeah the basic idea with both of them is you need to understand what you're doing make them memorable but not too but not so much they take over all the spotlight oh yeah um, as either npc or a pc you have to understand yeah. their amount of spotlight and make them appropriate appropriately bright let's say yeah i made the mistake i i fully admit i have made the mistake of hyper focusing on a player before and use and basically everything tied back to them somehow and i didn't realize it until a while you can make that work but it's tough it is tough like i like the idea of giving characters a story arc like focus on this character for a while and then focus on this character or you can still tie in things from find ways to tie every character in in some way because mm-hmm. you don't want to leave anybody feeling like wallflowered remember if you're looking for ideas find us on facebook we're happy to share ideas with you yes one of us checking they'll see like oh hey they need help and, and get you in touch with one of us and one of us will be able to help you jump on the discord if you need to 
message one of us directly, talk to the channel for role playing, throw ideas out there. We're happy to help. We got ideas. We've been doing this for a while. Don't let the narcissist control the game. Correct, Xander Boomer. Do not. Correct. I made I that mean, was the mistake I made. You can, but you need to make sure that PCs understand and they can play appropriately. Yeah. Sometimes they'll just play the fuck his plants, but you know, shit happens. That can be amusing of its own as long as everyone aware of what's happening. Yeah. Anyways. Also, talk to your players about the type of role players that they are. Like I had this was a discussion I had with my players recently about method versus uh improv. Because we had players that were kind of butting heads in terms of their style. I and... wish. Go ahead. Sorry, go, go No, go ahead. I was like, I wish the uh, the old uh, book, um, Robin's Guide to Good Game Mastering, was available. It's an old Steve Jackson mm-hmm. book. He he goes through all of that in detail in it. Uh, Robin Laws, who's really good at that stuff, he's got a couple of different books, but. That one in particular, I bought it after a raise one year, and I'm like, because I paid a lot of money for a book that's not that big. Yeah. But it's got a lot of good information, and if you can find a PDF copy of it or something somewhere, is well worth it. Yeah. Media section, Gonzo? Media section! Uh, I typically have a bunch of stuff, but... Um... Due to me watching one thing all week, it was eight hours worth of all week. So I typically only have, I have two things really to talk about. I have three. I have three. Well, I guess you want me to start, Gonzo, since I've got three and you've only got two. Yep. My God, I don't know what to do. Um, In order, um, we were supposed to watch the classic I haven't seen yet called Ninja vs. Shark. But Norrin messaged me that morning we were supposed to, and every light on his dashboard had turned on, which is not good. Mm. So he was not able to make it. So that night I was cruising through Facebook, and someone's like, I want to approach life with the fervor that Tim Curry does explaining the plot and the end of Clue. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm watching Clue. That was me. <laughs> I posted <you> that. <laughs> that so is how post- I feel before every D&D session. <laughs> Well, you posted it, and I went and watched Clue. There you, you're welcome. And uh, it's Clue. It's awesome. Um, it's not like consistently laugh out loud awesome, but it's more of you going chuckling a little bit to yourself as you enjoy the wordplay and the running gags and the fact that they don't take any joke too far. Yeah. It is masterpiece. It is the reason we got Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Um. If you want to see the proto clue, you want to go watch Murder by Death. Uh, I have a cop. Actually, Norrin has my copy of Murder by Death. So I'll get it back eventually. Um, but it is problematic a little bit, but it is the proto clue. Clue's great. If you like Clue, you need to watch Knives Out and all that. Yeah. Uh, what can I say? The casting is great. Most of them are not big anymore. You like younger kids won't know who half these people are. No. But it was like Christopher Lloyd at the height of his popularity martin mall was at the height of his tim curry is madeline tim curry Khan. madeline Kahn. been in a ton of stuff you may not realize unless you watch a bunch of old monty python or not my python uh, mel brooks mel brooks thank you you're welcome um stuff and it's great and when you realize some of that stuff was ad-libbed it's fucking choice oh yeah and i know the temptation if you've got the blu-ray which i do 
to watch the random ending, don't watch them all. It is perfect when you go through all of them because it's like it does the ending. That's how it could have ended. But how about this? And because it was originally aired with different endings in different theaters, yep. depending the on where theaters, you went. Which is a bold move and probably part of why it failed in the theaters. But it is absolutely 100% a cult classic. 100% worth watching. Zero space herpes. It is a Tim Curry highlight reel also. Yeah, Chef's Kiss. It is just about perfect. I... Nerd, what do you got? All right, we're going to talk about the experience that was Centaur World. So, just to start things off, it's about a horse named Horse who loses their rider, after named Rider, rider uh, and is banished to another world uh, who ends up in this, like, mashup of, it, like, if Adventure Time was made by Disney, um place called that, centaur world where it's full of centaurs of various shapes and sizes and they all sing and do magic and it's about them finding pieces to make a key to like save the world and get back to get the save the writer from this undead horde and it's just weird it is like there are some great characters in it but overall it like the style and the way that the characters move and like morph themselves it's it it's very uncanny valley even though the, the artwork the, the animation style isn't uncanny valley it is like it, it triggers that a little bit yeah it, just so I was off the trailer that you showed me it's going to be an instant cult classic for people there are people this is going to speak to yeah it was recommended to me because uh, as an influence for D&D that it has some great ideas for story. I need to go back and rewatch it because I accidentally fell asleep through part of season one. But <laughs> that was my own fault. Nothing to do with the story. Um, I mean, I would say it seems like if you if it look if you watch the trailer and like this seems like it might be interesting. Watch the first episode. Yeah, Gonzo and I, we, we all always say that. Watch the first episode. Don't hesitate to fucking eject out the first episode if it's like, okay, this seems weird and not for me. Let's go. For now, I'm giving it like one and a half to two space herpes because it, it looks really good. The music is a little... I kind of liked it, honestly. Yeah. I'm kind of a fan of yeah, musicals. It's but gonna It's going to have to grow on me. The, the trailer was very musical heavy, which yeah. kind of, I think, put it off. But I'm sure it's not as not as much in an actual episode. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Gonzo, what you got? Um, so this week, uh, besides watching that one series, you know, all eight episodes, uh, I did spend a lot of time. Uh, I did some painting, uh, which was you know the, my Wednesday night stream. But I was also playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, and um, having a good time playing it, but. The guild I was in, they're called free companies, but was boring. Never did anything. Never talked. Um, and this was my second guild to be in in Final Fantasy. Uh, first one, it was very clickish and everything, and so I jumped to another one that was supposed to be, like, really fun and did a lot of things. And I played for five hours, and I was the only one that said something in the guild channel. We ain't done shit. Uh, and I, and I was like asking questions, trying to, you know, make conversation. Cause you know, I'm a social butterfly. Nothing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I was they like, didn't respond to your cat girl. No, didn't respond to anything. Uh, nothing. So I jump shipped and went to another one. And I was like, okay, this is a smaller guild. Uh, no big deal. They, you know, do some stuff. And I was like, okay, we'll try them out. And they had the standard questions. Hey, we like all of our players to be 21 or older because adult and, you know, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. blah. And, Guys, uh, are you 21 or older? Oh, yeah. I made that comment. I was like, yeah, I'm a little bit older than that. Um, and uh, so this guild is actually pretty fun. They do a lot of good things. They talk to each other. They make a lot of good conversations. Um, as soon as I joined, they gave me a shit ton of money and said, hey, this money goes to building your apartment. Because uh, you can have your own little apartment in the guild Nice. House. And so they gave me a 750000 gil. Um, and they were like, here, use this, buy a room and start decorating. So for the last two and a half days, I've been buying shit and decorating a fictitious apartment in cat girl style with, in pink with books and lovelies and pretties. And I'm having a fucking blast. There it is. <laughs> That's my question. Animal Crossing Island and weird Barbie theme. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're having fun. It's all good. Um, exactly. They have like what you can do. Like, you know, you can preview items so you can see what you know, it looks like in the house before you go buy it or whatever. And That's cool. they were told me, they were like, hey, if you have something, um, you know, we can make it. And I'm like, you gave me a shit ton of money. Now I'm down to about 200,000. I had a hundred, I had one point. Seven million, and I'm down to like two hundred thousand right now, just by had buying a hell stuff. of a time. I now I was doing some dungeoning while you know taking a break, do some dungeon, come back. But I've got this room decked out to the nine, and it is so super girly and so super pink and so super pretty, and it is legit. And I actually was building and stuff, and I was like, shit, I ran out of space. Because you have a limit of 100 items you can put in the room. Mm. So for the last two days, not only have I been socializing with the guild and talking with them, but building this apartment, you know, I've done a little bit of dungeoning and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we got more stuff, you know. Why don't we give you access to this and access to that? And I'm like, this is a guild. This is what it's supposed to be. And don't get me wrong. I love Final Fantasy. It's a great game. Uh, you can do it solo, but it's an MMO for a reason. Yeah. The MMO is what makes me come back to play. Yeah. That, that like, Mechware Online. I play Mechware Online a while, but the reason you play is because the people you hang out with. Correct. And so yeah. I've, had a, I've had a blast, and, you know, I... You know, I've been doing things in the game, and I'm having a really good time. And the, the group is actually really, really good. Um, they've been very sociable. Um, they, you know, like to talk. They like to bullshit. They have a little Discord. And it's all, it's a small group of people. It's only like 40, 50 people in the guild, which is small. But like there's only if, about 10 or so people if, that play regularly. The guild doesn't have a Discord. I'm, I, I'm probably not in because that means you're not doing what I want a guild to do. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've put in some, you know, you know, you know, they, they, they have a space to put, uh, dogs and, you know, pets and stuff. So I threw mine in there and talked about food and miniature gaming, um, <clears throat> type stuff. But 
There's a new expansion coming out in Final Fantasy sometime in the summer. They haven't set an exact date yet. And um, it is... Just, you know, they're adding like 10 more levels and changing up stuff. So everybody's doing like the grind to get the best in slot items for, you know, to be ready for the expansion. Oh, yeah. Common. And, you know, not, not a problem for me. I'm doing that. Having a good time. But it actually changed for a whole lot better with this new guild. Because otherwise, I was just going in, grinding out stuff, and then logging off. Grinding and logging off. Now I look forward. And as soon as I'm done here and doing stuff, I'm going to go in there and play. Um, and I'm having a blast again. This guild is very nice, very welcoming. Um, they don't bug me about anything outside of game. You know, I play a female cat girl with pink hair. And I always play a female character in games because I enjoy what I enjoy looking at a female character when I do looking at a male character 24-7. And usually the fashion is 10 times better on female characters in RPGs than it is on male characters. <laughs> type thing. Fair enough. It's sad as it's to say, but that's usually true. So There you um, go. Find a good guild. Yeah. Makes them much better. And I'm having a blast. Yeah. So it's not like a, re a review, but if you're playing Final Fantasy and you'd like to join, let me know. I can get you with some people that are actually really nice and really cool. And they're like running like they did a hide and seek event yesterday. They said you could hide in this section and one person is going to find you. And if you know, they gave out prizes and gave out money, a ton of money. And that's I'm like, cute. that's worth it for a guild because it's not mm -hmm. a we're going to go grind a dungeon. It's here's some stupid shit that doesn't matter, but is fun to do. And people do just it. having fun playing the game. Yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> go ahead. Uh, number two. What did I watch? Number two. Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Uh, I'd never seen it. Uh, had some time on Thursday with Netflix with the roomie uh, playing uh, bowling. So I'm like, fuck, I'll, I'll watch Extraction. Enjoyed the crap out of it. Okay. Um, it's not like the best action movie ever, but it's a perfectly competent and enjoyable action movie. Uh, Chris Hemsworth play a guy obviously down in his luck. They 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 don't do anything super special with it, but he plays a good role. The the young Indian boy they have to play the person he's extracting is great. Uh, they have a couple twists in there I did not expect. It's got the right amount of violence. It's it's a fun action flick. Um, and I give it like one and a half worth watching on Netflix. Uh, there's a sequel, so it kind of tells you, kind of spoils the ending of it at this point, whether he lives or dies, but. You, I mean, they, they leave it ambiguous at the end anyways, but that's where it gives it away. But no, it was enjoyable, worth watching, solid, mostly realistic action uh, to the point where even they react in the area of realistic, realistic adjacent to their wounds. You know, it's not like they're all perfect shape at the end. They're a little fucked up and they react like it, but I enjoyed it. Definitely solid Netflix action Give it a watch if you get the chance. Gonna watch the sequel when I get a chance. Maybe this week, maybe not, but soon. Nerd? Uh, I watched The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Today. Oh, that's on my list. That's on my Kinda. list. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that was one that I had on my list. Um, beautiful movie just the sets and all of that they did a great job with the period piece it's it's about the ship that took dracula from uh Rome, 
from Romania to uh, London. London, yeah. And spoiler, but this is how they open the movie that it, it basically the ship shows up derelict and empty by Which, the time that's, it reaches it, that's the Dracula mythos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's the Dracula mythos. It always shows yeah. up. Daryl. So it's about what. Ha- so the the movie it's it's good suspense. Um, I wouldn't call it like high action. It more more of the suspense and, uh, um, survival. Uh, just them trying to survive this thing on their ship and not knowing what he is and it's it's it stars uh i cannot think of the actor's name he played sir davos in uh game of thrones um never seen game of thrones sorry oh gotcha uh but it's well acted uh and the special effects aren't too bad so i give it one space rp Um, so my entire viewing experience this week has been about a certain TV series that came out on Netflix that I've been waiting to do of a beloved classic of mine that I always tell people, if you like cartoons and you like cool shit, you should watch Avatar The Last Airbender. And so this week was the airing of the TV series. One of the guys thought he was in it, one of thought he was trying out for a role in James Cameron Avatar, not Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> like fair, fair point, fair play to you, sir. But that's kind of funny. Um, that is funny. So w- whenever I started this, I before I even started it, I was like, they're only doing eight episodes, and they're saying they're doing book one in eight episodes, and I'm like, well, the cartoon, while it was a thirty minute, that was twenty episodes. Yeah, I, I was like. So, technically, you would cut that down because each episode is an hour long. You would cut that down to 10, but they cut it down to 8. And I'm sure it's all budget and everything has got to go with it. So, you know, you got to do it. Um, they started combining episodes together. No problem. you got to do that. And, you know, you want to put things in there that was in the TV show that was in this, you know, to, to you know keep continuity and keep story going. Um, but the way they took it was a little bit different. They like you learned why Aang ran away in like episode six or seven, but in this one, they started on episode one. Understandable because you're actually, I think they're trying to grab new fans uh, off a lot of this. And I'm going to tell you right this everything about these characters, the casting was perfect except for one person. And it's not, not a problem with her. It's just the way the style is. Um, and everybody looks the part. Everybody feels right. Everybody knows what they're doing. All the way down the line. My problem with this is when you're trying to convert a cartoon to a live action, certain things in the cartoon don't go into a live action, like costumes, hair, you know, so on and so forth. And it's hard to replicate that. And make it look decent. Because yeah. you're like looking at this person's hair on his face. And you're like, that is so much a wig. It's not even funny. Because they wanted the person to look exactly like the TV show cartoon. And I'm like, that's kind of hard. 
Uh, but people are bitching. They were like, their shit looks fake. No shit, it looks fake. It's all prosthetics or whatever, and you bitch that things weren't looking like the cartoon. They look like the cartoon. Gonzo did not like the movie from years ago, and fuck M. Night Shyamalan for that one. Um, yeah. But everything has been good with this. My real big complaint about all this is that everything looks like a set. There's nothing that looks like it's out in the wild. There's very few, you know, shot on location stuff. There's a lot of set stuff. And I get it because you're not going to find sets. You're not going to find real world locations with the avatar. Yeah. Type thing. And no, that, not really. And you're not. And so they had to build a ton of sets, which was okay. But it does look like a set a lot of times. And you're just like, Ugh. everything looks kind of crisp and clean. And, you know, maybe they need to dirty it up or whatever. Um, I will tell you that the bending in this is fucking amazing. The special effects bending and fighting and martial arts are great. Uh, is some of the lines they show kind of hammy and kind of stale? Yeah, but so was the cartoon. My cabbages! That's the genre. Yeah, and I bring that you, you you bring up the cabbages because that is an NPC that is in this movie that is going to follow them all the way through the TV show because it mm-hmm. is a memorable NPC. And all it is is a guy that sells cabbages and they get destroyed constantly. Um, yeah. They did, like I said, they did combine a lot and shorten things up. Uh, they also did change the story a bit. Like at the beginning, the comet has started, but they said they're not going to do the comet right away because for them to film all four books the kids are going to grow up way too fast. So yep. they're going to hold the story off until it's like probably book three or maybe book four. They didn't said uh, when they get, you know, the next season renewed, which is going to get renewed. If it doesn't get renewed, they're stupid because even though a lot of fans are bitching I mean, about this, if people aren't watching it though, they can't renew it. Correct. It's gotten like, you know, it, it's, it's gotten above average ratings and I'm hoping people are watching it because they're missing out on an actually a good series. I, the biggest complaint, which is I thought the stupidest complaint that I've heard, and what people are bitching, goes, it's better than the movie, but worse than the TV show. That sounds good to me. Yeah. You're not going to beat the TV. You're not going to beat the cartoon. There are no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're just not going to beat the cartoon. It's got nostalgia on its side more Correct. than that in a minute. Yeah, you, you've got that, and that's going to ruin your entire watching of this. If yep. you go, oh, my God. this Don't judge it for what it's not. Judge it for what, what it, is. it is. So is it a perfect TV show? No. Does it have things that are great for everything? Yes. Do they get the basic, and do they get everything in there to make you know what the story is about from the cartoon? Yes. Uh, like the one thing they removed was one of the main characters was pretty sexist at the very beginning. Girls can't do this. Girls can't do this. And they told that character, they said, we're not going to do that with that character. We're just going to make him a little bit different. No problem. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was nothing. They didn't take it, go and, you know, change a whole different direction or a whole different way. It's here. Here is the main plot and the story. We're following it. People. We just can't show you a TV series 20 episodes long it yeah, or 10 episodes happen. assuming that they're twice as long so you yeah. can't you, it's you hard can't to do 10 10 is hard to do it's money it's a yeah. lot of money 
Oh, yeah. It's a ton of money because they spent a ton of money on sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, special effects, fine. Uh, combat and bending in this, great. <clears throat> Dialogue, mm, it needs some work. Acting, needs a little work. Overall, I give this like one and a half space herpes. So, I mean, Fair. it's still solid. It's still good. I still got the feels when I needed to get the feels. I still got the laughs when I needed to get the laughs. I, I loved seeing the characters are growing already. The characters have already got change because they did in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting for certain things to happen, but this is going to be next season type thing. So I enjoy it. I hope they get another season. I'd like to see all four books done give an ending to it, and I'd like to see someone do a Korra live action. Um, I have no problem with this show. Minor issues uh, that really are just because it's I've watched too much TV, and I'm like, man, that's a really, you know, that's a set, and it looks like a set yeah, type thing. But that's being nitpicky, and that's just, you know, going over things. So, one and a half face herpes. I enjoyed it. If you like Avatar, go in watching Avatar and enjoying these people actually trying their damnedest to make a really good TV show. John? Uh, I finally watched Dune, part one. Ooh, okay. I'm here for this. Um, let's start by saying I am a fan of David Lynch's version. Okay. And um, for a powerful statement, I don't think it's as good as David Lynch's version for multiple reasons. I will say it is beautiful. It is decently acted. It's well-directed. All the problems stem from the fact that the actors are not quite as top-tier as in the first movie, with a couple of exceptions. Stellan Skarsgård is a clear upgrade, and then obviously um, Robert Jordan played Duncan Idaho and had almost no time in the first one, and obviously uh, Jason Momoa did a great job as Duncan Idaho in this. Like, probably his best part ever. Yeah. He, 100% believable. Everyone's 100% believable. I don't I don't want to disparage the actors at all. It's just that the first one had such a fucking stacked cast for the time. Like, Oscar Isaac's fine, but he's not Jurgen Prochow. He's not putting the same weight behind it. He's doing a good job. He's being much more subdued than Jurgen Prochow. But I felt like the role could have done with a little more bravado about it. A bit more oomph. Um, it does... Well, but I feel like, and this is going to sound weird, you're aiming at people who aren't going to read the fucking book. Let's be honest, because it's a lot. Yeah, I tried I the audio book and I kept falling asleep within like ten minutes. I haven't read the books either, uh, you know. And it's as much as people say like, "Oh, voiceovers are terrible," but it fucking does its job. The voiceover in David Lynch's version is great because it tells you what the characters are thinking. And gives you necessary backstory without taking a lot of time. And that's sort of what it is. I felt like for a two and a half hour movie, they didn't cover as much as I thought they would. They did the whole movie in two hours and change in the first one. The whole book. Yeah. Didn't feel lacking at all in the first one. Felt good. Maybe maybe similar time frame if you get the extended edition that they aired on Sci-Fi way back in the day that has the beginning. That's not even this, but I tell you why there are no thinking machines. Because they had a war with thinking machines version worth checking out because it gives you necessary backstory but it is beautiful is well acted overall i think timothy chalmay is probably fine but not 
he's a different kind of yellow. Um, and I've been drinking, so my brain's not going to get actors as well for those. But the actor who played Paul in the first one did a great job of being more naive than young. And I felt felt it actually fit and worked better in the story. You know, he's a full, like, to me, to me, he looks like a fucking teenager. Yeah. And sure, it's fun as young, but him beating fully warriors and everything has a different connotation to it then. Maybe it's meant to more imply that he is the Kwisak cataract and all that, but it felt more off. That being said, I don't want to say it's bad. I give my rating now, just so I give a couple of minutes for uh, for a little bit of time for a nerd to go. Our last one, I'm going to give it a one. I want to rewatch it, but it's going to going off Netflix in four days, so I don't think we rewatch it in the next four days. So we'll see when I can. I do want to see the second one. I do like Dune as a sci-fi property, but I don't have any attachment to the book. Nerd, hit your last one real quick. All right, so this is a cringe comedy that I actually enjoy. It's called The Bronze. It's about an Olympic gymnast who wins a bronze medal but ends up getting injured. And it's her as an adult or young Old. adult. But, and and uh, she's a complete brat. She steals from her dad. Like, her dad's a post. post it's, it's Melissa Rauch who, uh, did you ever watch um, Big Bang Theory? Okay that's what she's best known for that's a whole other conversation um, yeah yeah but it's it's funny she's foul-mouthed and rude and yeah it's okay. but it's got Sebastian yeah it's got Sebastian Stan playing a complete dick role and it's like the opposite of Bucky it it focuses all around gymnastics and it's Gary Cole plays her father, father. I love Gary Cole. Yeah, Gary Cole is hilarious as her dad. Um, he's actually playing the straight role in this, where okay. she's the, the flamboyant. He's good at that, though. He's yeah, good at the straight role. Yeah, like it's it. And Thomas Middleditch from uh, Silicon Valley is in it. Uh, I the the act the young actress was in Fred Kilborn. Holy shit, I haven't heard his name in a long time. Yeah, like there's a. There's there's a few folks that that show up in it and uh I give it like two cuz it's not a great movie but it's fun. And you don't have to take it seriously. It also has the most ridiculous sex scene I have ever seen in a movie in my life. Like ridiculous just, funny or ridiculous in general. Ridiculous right? ridiculous funny. Yeah. Okay, good. Just Two gymnasts doing gymnastics routines. <laughs> gymnastics, sex, okay, fair. That sounds hilarious. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and okay. and Sebastian Stan has his, uh, a his gold medal tattooed. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, no, it's it's cringy but funny, well cast, and yeah. So I get I give it two. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, folks, we would appreciate you listening and watching. Um, if you're joining us on any of the channels, make sure you leave us a follow on Facebook. Uh, jump in the Discord. Uh, we actually have a painting channel in there now where we get together and uh, we'll paint miniatures or just hang out. Uh, I'll occasionally so... play video games and just be in the chat there in case someone wants to watch and chat. 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm also I'll I'll go in there to just play my video games um, and stuff. Yeah. But sometimes we just get in there just to hang out uh, to chat while we're doing whatever at our desk because it's always easier to get things done when you have people with you. Yep. Yeah. Type thing. So, um, as always, take care of each other. Make sure you look after each other. If you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. If you can do something, do something. If you can't, find somebody who will because we got to start looking after each other much and better. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm nerd. Good, Good night. night. We're going to be sending y'all off to uh, Painting to Scale. They're doing something interesting, so we're going to send you off to them before we leave. Thanks for listening to More Than Dice, making the world a better, nerdier place, one dumb joke at a time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more nerdy action or to connect with your hosts, check them out on Facebook.com slash more than dice and twitch.tv slash more underscore then underscore dice. Until next time, stay nerdy, stay proud, and we'll see you soon on the More Than Dice podcast.